Y'all doing all right? This past week, I had a thought about you that I wanted to tell you. I had this thought while I was um, starving to death. (laughs) And the thought is how proud I am of you for pressing into God. And how many pastors would be timid about asking their congregation just to have a day of prayer? Not even a day of fasting, just one day of fasting. And I've asked you to do 21 days, and, uh, and I'm proud of you. I am just very, very proud of your hunger for God, your pressing into God, your, your uh, commitment to the kingdom, your love for people. You are just a great, great congregation. And I just I want to tell you that as a representative of the Father, I think, I think God's proud of you too. For pressing into God, and uh, and I, I appreciate. It. Are you enjoying the devotional? Not good. And the worship today was even stronger because we're pressing into God, all of us. So when we gather together, this is what we have to look forward to: just more wonderful times in the presence of God. All right, turn to Daniel chapter ten and Matthew chapter six, and we're going to continue our series called The Battle, and the subtitle is The Rules of Engagement, and there are four rules of engagement we're talking about. Last week we talked about the principle of the first, about putting God first in every area of your life. This week we're going to talk about the principle of the fast. Since we're talking about fasting and we're seven days into it, and we've got 14 more, we're going to talk about the principle of the fast. Daniel chapter 10, verse 2. In those days I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. Now you know after a week why he used the word morning. <laughs> I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. I do want to remind you, though, that we are bathing during these three weeks. <laughs> so we're doing the no pleasant food, no meats and no sweets, and I'm going to settle an argument that has been going through the church, and as the pastor, I feel like I should settle this argument, popcorn is not a vegetable. Now, it may be, listen to the groans, it may be legally considered a vegetable, but I think when you pop it, it goes into the category of pleasant food. So I think it'd be good to refrain a couple more weeks, all right, from that. But I do want you to know, last year was a 40-day. How many of you are here for the 40-day last year? And that included the Super Bowl. That was tough, wasn't it? So, so at least we'll get off of that before that. All right. Um, and that was with you, Tommy. <laughs> you raise your hand. There's Tommy Maddox, played for Pittsburgh Steelers last year and won the Super Bowl. So anyway, you can... Uh, console Kenyon because you know how he feels you 16 years in the NFL you understand all right let me show you a couple scriptures on fasting now stay at Daniel we'll go to Matthew in just a minute Acts 13 verse 2 as they ministered to the Lord and fasted the Holy Spirit said now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them they sent them away This is a prayer meeting and a fasting meeting in the early church, and you are in the kingdom because of this prayer meeting. This is the first time 
the Holy Spirit spoke to the church and said, send missionaries. And those missionaries left Jerusalem, left Antioch here, but left the nation of Israel and began to go to other nations and take the gospel. So we're in the kingdom because of a prayer and fasting meeting. Acts 14, verse 23. So when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they believed. So the New Testament church practiced fasting. I just want to just show you two references, and there are other references. But I want you to know this. The Bible imposes no fast on us as a requirement. As a matter of fact, even in the law, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament... There was no required fast, but it, it, they, they did take a day and it became a day of fasting, but the word fast actually doesn't appear in the first five books of the Old Testament. There was a day of atonement where God said, I want you to afflict your souls, and they fasted on that day, and it later became known, even Acts 27, they referred to it as the fast, when the fast was over, and it was one day. But literally, the Bible requires, does not require us to fast, and Jesus did not impose fasting on his disciples or on us in any way. So, having said that, since the Bible does not require us to fast, and being one week into it, the obvious question is, why? (laughs) Why are we doing it then if we're not required to? Well, it's because there are benefits to fasting. And I want to show you those benefits, all right? So turn to Matthew chapter 6. And and hold your place at Daniel. Hold your place there because we're going to go back to Daniel, all right? Matthew chapter 6. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount. Verse 16. Moreover. Now, we're going to talk about that word in a moment, why he started with moreover. When you fast. I want you to notice something. Jesus did not say if. He presupposes that his disciples will fast, even though it's not required. When you fast... Do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when, another when, not if, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. See, I told you we should bathe during this time. So that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father, now watch this carefully, who sees in secret, will reward you openly. So according to Jesus, there is a reward for fasting that comes directly from the Father. Thank God. So there's a good reason to fast. But why did he begin this passage with moreover? This is, we're reading a passage, but you've got to remember, this is, we're coming in the middle of a sermon. This was a sermon that he delivered. And he had just been talking about prayer. And here's what he said about prayer. When, when you pray, pray like this. When you pray. He didn't say if you pray. Why? Because he naturally assumed his disciples would pray. So he says, when you pray, pray like this. Moreover, or furthermore, when you fast, fast like this. You see what I'm saying? So Jesus here is, is just taking it for granted that we're going to pray And that we're going to fast. In other words, we're going to have seasons in our lives when we press into God. So, when you pray, pray like this. When you fast, fast like this. Now, we're going to talk about the rewards of fasting. But before I tell you what they are, let me tell you what they are not. 
fasting does not get us in a better standing with God. You are as in through Christ, you're as in good of standing as you'll ever get with God or ever need to be with God. Fasting doesn't twist God's arm. Fasting doesn't make God feel sorry for us so that He'll see that we're serious and give us what we're asking for. Fasting does not increase God's love for us. If you go win the whole nation of China to God, He won't love you any more than He loves you right now. So fasting does not get us in a better... Let me say another way. Fasting is not paying for your sins. Because your sins have already been paid for in full. Are you following me? So that's not it. So what does fasting do? Well, before I can tell you the three benefits I've listed here, I, I need to remind you, we are triune beings. In other words, we are made up of three parts. What are those three parts? Spirit, soul, and body. Y'all aren't doing real well on this test. <laughs> Spirit, soul, and body. And so let's talk about what fasting does. Number one, fasting strengthens my body. Fasting is the best discipline physically you can develop. There is not a better discipline than fasting and eating right and and understanding to take care of your body. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, not your soul. It doesn't say your soul is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It says your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if you don't take care of your body, you will not be able to complete the mission God has for you on this earth. You don't want to die ten years before your mission is complete. We have to take care of the body. And the temptation is to either put too much emphasis on the body or to neglect it and abuse it. And fasting is something that allows us to get our appetite under control. Regular times of fasting. There was a season in my life when I felt the Lord led me, and I I may do it again if I feel the Lord leading me, but there was a season for several years that I fasted one day a week and three days every month. One day a week and three days every month. Now, we're going to talk about the spiritual rewards of fasting as well, but there are physical rewards of fasting. It does benefit and strengthen your body to be able to have times of fasting. There's a purging that takes place as well. Now, go back to, uh, oh, wait, before we go to Daniel, let me show you another scripture. 1 Corinthians 9.27, Paul said, I buffet my body and make it my slave. Now, I want to leave this scripture up for a minute because I want to uh, give you the correct pronunciation of that word is not buffet. I think some people have misinterpreted this verse from the Bible. And uh, it's buffet, not buffet, all right? Now, go back to Daniel chapter 1. We were in Daniel 10. Look at Daniel 1. In Daniel 1 we find Daniel understanding that what he eats affects his body. Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself, we're going to come back to the word defile, with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who has appointed your food and drink. For why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. 
So Daniel said to the steward, whom the chief of the eunuchs had set over, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Remember, we know them as uh, my shack, your shack, and a bungalow. Please test your servants for ten days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. And that's what I felt the Lord told me to do during the 21 days, vegetables and water. Then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies as you see fit. So deal with your servants. So he consented with them in this matter and tested them ten days. And at the end of ten days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Thus the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. By the way, it says that they they appeared fatter. And I looked up that word because I thought, well, surely that means healthier, but it doesn't mean fatter. So I think the point was that the the eunuch was trying to look to see if they looked um, skinnier, if they looked like they were decaying or getting worse. And, and then they were going to be able to, he'd, he'd say, no, you can't do that. So God made them look healthy, and they were healthy after eating just water and vegetables. Daniel understood that what he ate affected his physical body. Another reason that he did this was Ezekiel and Daniel prophesied during the captivity. They're, they were uh, prophet, they probably knew each other. Ezekiel prophesied more toward the beginning and Daniel toward the end of the captivity, which was 70 years. But Ezekiel gave a prophecy... And, and God said through the prophecy, when my people go into bondage to Babylon, they're going to defile themselves by the food that they eat. And so that's why this word defile is in there. Daniel purpose in his heart. I'm not going to defile myself. And they brought the king's delicacies. It probably was a buffet, not a buffet. And these young men probably just gorged themselves on this rich food every day. And Daniel knew if I eat that rich food, I'm not going to be able to do what God wants me to do. And so he got his appetite under control. And what I'm showing you is here is a lifestyle of understanding that what you eat affects your physical body. And your body is important because it houses the, temp, the, uh, the, the Spirit of the Lord. By the way, the um, uh, root word for the Hebrew word fast means to keep your mouth shut. That's not a bad uh, thing to follow for for all of us in other areas as well. All right, number two, fasting strengthens my soul. It not only strengthens my body, it strengthens my soul. Ephesians 3.16 says that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man. Your inner person is your soul. And God wants to do a work in your soul. Now remember, though, your soul is also triune. In other words, you are made up of body, soul, and spirit, but your soul has three parts as well. Your soul is made up of, you want to take this one? Mind, will, and emotions. Good. Mind, will, and emotions. So, do you think that fasting could affect your mind? Could it strengthen your mind? Well, right there in Daniel 1, look at verse 19. Then the king interviewed them and among them all, none was found like Dana, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they served before the king, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better, or smarter, or wiser than all the magicians and astrologers who were in his realm. Isn't that amazing? These guys, because they, they learned that what we eat affects us, 
They were ten times wiser, ten times smarter than all the other young men who were tested, who, who just gorged themselves on these delicacies that the king put out. It does affect your mind, what you eat, and times of fasting strengthen us. And I'm going to tell you in a moment why we're strengthened through times of fasting. It's not the going without food that strengthens us. It's, I guess I've got to tell you now. No, I'll tell you in a minute. It, it's something else. But it strengthens your body, but it also strengthens your soul, and part of your soul is your mind. Your mind is strengthened through fasting. Now, let me just um, ask you this. Have you noticed, since we're a week into this, the mental addiction to food? (laughs) Have you noticed that? It's stronger than the physical addiction. By the way, there's also an emotional connection to food. Some of us love food. (laughs) Some of us eat food when we're depressed. That's an emotional connection to food. That is wrong, by the way, and fasting will break that. This week, uh, the first three days, I did uh, water only. And uh, I was walking by, Debbie was doing vegetables, and I was walking by, and there were some vegetables there she was getting ready for lunch. And I mean, my hand was halfway there before I realized, you know, my mind was trying to sneak something by there, and my body was cooperating, by the way. But there's a mental addiction to food. I remember when I did start eating vegetables then, for some reason, I wanted a tomato. (laughs) I don't know why, I just wanted one. And I went to the store, and I got so excited... <laughs> Over this big red tomato, I came out of the car. I said, "Look, look, Debbie, look what I found—the biggest, reddest tomato in the store." And that, by the way, that's another benefit to fasting: gratitude. <laughs> you will be grateful for a tomato, you know, that you get. See, so there are all sorts of benefits. One is your mind. Second is your soul. It, I mean, not your soul, but your your emotions. It affects your emotions well. Now, why does it affect it? This is why I want to tell you. It's not the going without food. It's the pressing in to God. That is the benefit of fasting. That is why we're strengthened, is because there are physical benefits, but our soul is strengthened because we humble ourselves before God. Remember the only fast, which the word fast wasn't in the Bible, in the, in the law, but the only fast was the day, was the day of atonement, which was called he said, I want you to afflict your souls. That word afflict is humble. By the way, let me just explain to you that the atonement has been completely and totally fulfilled through Jesus. Because the same word that's used for afflict your souls is also used in Isaiah 53 that says he was afflicted for our transgressions. So he is our atonement. Let me show you one of our key scriptures in this series is James 4. James 4 verse 7, Therefore submit to God... Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Last week we said you can't resist the devil until you submit to God first. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. The main uh, focus of fasting is humbling ourselves in the sight of God. Drawing near to God. Uh, Ezra 8 verse 21. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava that we might humble ourselves before our God. A fast to humble ourselves. And watch what he was fasting for. This is important. To seek from him the right way for us, our little ones, and all our possessions. It's three good things to fast for, isn't it? God, we want to seek from you the right way for us, our children, and our possessions. So we fasted and entreated our God for this. Watch this. And he answered our prayer. See, the benefit of fasting is strength, and strength comes from the Lord. When we're weak, 
He's strong. So we purposefully make ourselves weak so that God can be strong in our lives. When we press into God, that's where the strength comes from. And the third thing about the soul is your will. It strengthens your will. Have you ever made this statement or a statement similar to this? I need more willpower. You ever said anything like that? Okay, let me tell you what will will increase your willpower more than anything. Fasting. Dieting doesn't increase your willpower. You need willpower to diet. And you do need to eat right. But fasting, denying yourself, will increase your willpower. It strengthens your will as you press into God. I heard this guy one time. He signed up for one of those weight programs, you know, where you go every week and weigh and they give you a, a thing to count and, you know, all that stuff. And so, and the first day he was there, he said to the lady, uh, what do I do if I want something sweet? Because that's my downfall, sweets. She gave him this bag and she said, if you want something sweet, open this bag, take out one chip and then close the bag back up. He said, lady, if I could open a bag and take out one chip and close the bag back up, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> See, his, what he was saying was, his problem was willpower, right? If you want to increase your willpower, if you want to strengthen your soul, fast. Press into God. And here's the, the third benefit of fasting. Fasting strengthens my spirit. Now, this is the greatest benefit of all. I think many times we put too much emphasis on the natural instead of the spiritual. Too much on the temporal instead of the eternal. Do you understand that this is where you communicate with God in your spirit? Spirit to spirit, God talks to us. And yes, there are benefits to your body, and yes, there are benefits to your soul, and those are important. But to strengthen your spirit. After Jesus fasted 40 days, it says that he returned in the power of the spirit. He strengthened his spirit for those 40 days when he was fasting. As a human person on this earth, he strengthened his spirit. And that's what we need to talk about, is that there is a strength that comes from our spirit. Daniel understood this. Here, here's Daniel, this man of God who, 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 who gets these incredible visions and prophecies. He understands he needs to strengthen his spirit to be able to be the instrument God wants him to be. Now, what was it, and, and you've got to think about this, why would Daniel do a 21-day fast? There's never, there was no 21-day fast in the Bible before this. There's not one. There's no imposed 21-day fast. There's no requirement. There's nothing in the law about it. Why would he do a 21-day fast all of a sudden? It's voluntary. Why do it? Well, think about what got Daniel prominence in, in Babylon, in the kingdom. Um, he, 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 was, he went through this testing. He's with all these other young men. But then he was elevated to the three highest people in all of Babylon. And then, out of those three, he was elevated again to the highest, just like Joseph, to the number two position. And it's the same thing that got Joseph elevated as well. What, what did J Daniel do that elevated him? Do you remember? He interpreted a dream. So here's an interpreter of dreams... And he presses into God. Now, let me ask you something. Does God speak through dreams? Okay, that was uh, pitiful. Most of you didn't answer. Let me say it a different way. Did God in the Bible speak through dreams? Okay, then he still does. <laughs> because God can't change. And if you've been a part of a theological system that says God doesn't anymore, 
um, you're wrong. <laughs> because he can't change. If God could change, then he wouldn't be perfect. So he's perfect just like he is. He can never get better. He can never change. There, matter of fact, there is no variation. There's no shadow of changing with God. There's not even the hint that God could ever change. He can never change. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he spoke through dreams, he still speaks through dreams. Uh, but why? You ever thought about that? Why did all these great men of God in the Bible and women of God, why did they have dreams? Well, uh, what is the first meal of the day called? What? Yeah. Breakfast, which comes from two words. And what are the two words? Break fast. From the evening meal to the morning meal is the longest you go without eating. Unless you get up in the middle of the night and have a snack. <laughs> it's the longest your body goes. And you know what's happening when you're sleeping? Your body... And your mind, your soul, your body and your soul are resting. But your spirit is wide awake. And God communicates spirit to spirit. That's why all these men and women of God had these dreams. So listen to me. Why did Daniel just all of a sudden decide to fast 21 days? You know why I think he did? I think he figured it out. I think he thought, you know, I get these dreams... When my body and my soul, maybe if I let my body and my soul rest, maybe I'll be more in tune with the Spirit. Um, I had a, a dream a while back, four or five months ago, that Debbie and I went to dinner with a pastor and his wife, who are friends of ours here in the city, in the Metroplex area. And um, in the dream, they told us that their daughter was expecting, uh, going to have a baby. This was going to be their first grandchild. And so the next day, I remembered the dream, and so I thought, well, I'm just going to call him and tell him. I think there's something to it. So I, I called him, and I told him about the dream, and he said to me, well, that's interesting. My, our daughter's not expecting, but she and her husband are praying. They're praying, and they're trying to get pregnant right now. I think that this will encourage her when I tell her this dream. So he said, and, and we're going to dinner tonight with them. So I'm going to tell him the dream. The next day, he called me back and said, before I could tell him the dream, she told me she's pregnant. Now, I just tuned in. You understand what I'm saying? And, and, and here's how I tuned in. That's it. That's all I did to tune in to the Spirit of God. My body and my soul got out of the way. And my spirit said, praise the Lord, we can talk to God now. That's what fasting does. Are you following? By the way, just to give you a wonderful announcement, uh, our oldest son and his wife told us this last week, they're expecting. So, so the, the, the announcement, you know, the good announcement is they're going to have a baby. The great announcement is I'm going to be a grandfather. <laughs> so, and I know, I know that pastors who have grandchildren, I know it bothers me too. Every week they're telling a grandchild story and I think every other week is plenty. I think that every week is too much. So, anyway, there's a tuning in to God through the Spirit. Think, think about this. Right now, in this room, there are words and pictures 
that you can't hear and you can't see unless you tune in. Right now, in this room, if I brought a radio up here and tuned it to a certain frequency, you, you would hear words that are in the air, right? Or if I brought a television up here and tuned it to the right frequency, you would see pictures that are in the air that you couldn't see unless you tuned into them. Am I telling the truth? Okay. I think it's the same in the spiritual. I think right now in this room there are prophecies and visions that we can't hear and we can't see unless we tune in to the Spirit. You know, Daniel, when he got this vision in chapter 10, um, was with some other men, and he, it, makes, it makes it very clear they didn't see it. They didn't see it. And they didn't hear it. But Daniel saw, and Daniel heard. Why? Because he tuned in. Now, I want to read you one passage of Scripture, and then we're finished. This is the most extensive passage of Scripture in the Bible on fasting. I don't want you to turn to it because I want to read it out of a different version. But I'd like for you to read this passage this week. All right? That's your homework. So let me read it to you out of the New Living Translation. And just, just allow the Lord to speak to you. I believe that as I'm reading this, God's going to speak to some of you specifically. So be watching for something that jumps off the page at you, okay? God's going to quicken it to you. Isaiah 58, verse 3. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We have done much penance, and you don't even notice it. I'll tell you why. This is God talking. I'll tell you why. It's because you're living for yourselves even while you're fasting. You keep right on oppressing your workers... What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like a blade of grass in the wind. You dress in sackcloth and cover yourselves with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? No. The kind of fasting I want calls you to free those who are wrongly imprisoned and to stop oppressing those who work for you. Treat them fairly and give them what they earn. I want you to share your food with the hungry and to welcome poor wanderers into your homes. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. <laughs> Could have left that one out. <laughs> If you do these things, if you do these things, your salvation will come like the dawn. Watch. Yes, your healing will come quickly. Your godliness will lead you forward, and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then, when you call, the Lord will answer. Yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. The reward of fasting, if you didn't catch it, the reward of fasting is strength. Strengthens your body, strengthens your soul, strengthens your spirit. Why? Because we're pressing into God. Remember this, what Paul said. Listen, when I am weak, he is strong. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes.
What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? Do you need strength in your will? Do you need more willpower? Do you need strength in your mind? Are you having difficulty controlling your thoughts? Do you need strength in your emotions? Maybe even through the holidays here, there, you had a difficulty with because there's a severed relationship or, or you've lost someone who's close to you. You need strength in your emotions. You need strength in your body. You need strength in your spirit. You need to be able to see and hear God more clearly in the spiritual realm. Press into God. The main thing, again, about fasting, remember, because I understand that some of you, because of certain reasons, may not be able to, to do what we're doing, but you can do something during this 21 days to press into God. The strength comes from pressing into God. So press in. We want to pray for you, though. If you're here and you have a need, we want to pray for you. Whatever your need is, could be in relationships, finances, health, whatever your need is, we want to pray for you. So if you have a need... We want to pray for you. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray. After I pray, we're going to have one more worship song. During that worship song, we're going to have leaders here at the front. And all you have to do is just step out from your seat and come. There are going to be other people coming. You won't be the only one. Just step and come. Step out and come. If you're here and you're away from God, or you're not right with God, or you maybe you're here and you don't know if you died, you'd go to heaven. Tell us that when you come forward. Just tell us that. Let us show you how you can accept Jesus and know for sure you're going to go to heaven when you die. So if you have any need, when we stand up, you just stand up and step out and come and let us pray for you, all right? Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll draw every person who needs any type of ministry in Jesus' name. Amen.